Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. and welcome back to the Racing Beat. I'm Jerry Bunkowski. Yeah, it's been a few weeks since I've had a show here on the Believe Podcast Network. Um, admittedly, full transparency, had a few health issues, nothing significantly serious, but enough to get my attention. I was in the hospital last week for five days. Uh, you know, the things went, I guess, as best could be expected. But we're back on track here with the Racing Beat, and we have got a heck of a show today. Ray Evernham, NASCAR Hall of Famer, led Jeff Gordon to three of his four uh, NASCAR Cup championships as his crew chief. The general of the Rainbow Warriors start re- or brought Dodge back into the NASCAR fold back in 2001. Man, the, the guy has an incredible resume. He's also one of the nicest guys in the business, and he's definitely one of my personal favorites. So we had a chance to talk to Ray earlier this week about his new baby, the Camping World Superstar Racing Experience, which is, you know, a lot of people are calling it, you know, the IROC uh, 2.0. And yeah, it has a lot of similarities to IROC. Uh, Ray obviously had a long history with IROC. He actually kind of started his racing career uh, in the IROC series. But this is really more than just the you know, rehash of the old IROC series. You know, they've got live network television on CBS every Saturday night for six weeks straight. We're three weeks into the season, three more weeks to go, including this Saturday at Indianapolis Raceway Park. It starts at 8 o'clock Eastern on CBS. Two-hour show. If you haven't checked it out, you definitely have to. It's just a great experience. I mean, when you have a a field that includes drivers like four-time champion of the Indianapolis 500, Elio Castroneves, Tony Stewart, NASCAR Hall of Famer, and actually has won the last two races. I mean, this guy's on a roll. Paul Tracy, he's kind of except or become the new bad guy. He's wearing the black cowboy hat this weekend at IRP. You know, he's kind of the guy that, you know, he's beating up the the the, uh, the, the sheet metal. He's eh, maybe causing a few uh, raised elevated tempers uh, among his competitors. But, hey, what more would you, I mean, you, you wouldn't expect anything less from a guy like Paul Tracy. Just a, a great driver in his day, and he's definitely doing a great number with the superstar racing experience. So, We've got that to talk about with Ray, and Ray's also going to talk a little bit about the move last week, which I think surprised a number of people. Jeff Gordon stepping away from the in front of the camera for Fox Sports' broadcast of NASCAR, and he's going over to Hendrick Motorsports as the vice chairman. He's going to be number two in command right behind Rick Hendrick, and you know, Rick Hendrick, I mean, everybody gets to a point in their careers or their lives where... It's time to, you know, maybe scale back a little bit, retire, what have you. And I think that by Rick bringing in Jeff Gordon, it's a huge, huge move, a positive move that's not only going to extend the Hendrick Motorsports legacy, it's going to keep that organization operating full tilt, no problems at all. 
probably for at least an, another century or more. I mean, I have great confidence in Jeffy that he's going to do a great job, just like he did behind the wheel with, what was it, 93 wins, four cup championships. And then, of course, you know his second career in front of the, the camera with Fox Sports, and now a third career as the vice chairman, number two in command at Hendrick Motorsports. So we, Ray Evernham talks about all that stuff and more. So enough of me. We're back. The Racing Beat here uh, on Believe, the Believe Podcast Network. And let's get right to our interview with NASCAR Hall of Famer Ray Evernham. Welcome back to the Racing Beat Podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Jerry Bunkowski, and I'm very happy and very honored to welcome in as our guest this week, NASCAR Hall of Famer Ray Evernham. Ray, thank you ever so much for joining uh, joining us. And I have got so much to talk to you about, especially about your new baby, the uh, Superstar Racing Experience, Camping World Superstar Racing Experience. You guys have really been doing an outstanding job. You've got great fan feedback. You've got great TV ratings. How how um, how are you feeling right now? I mean, you've got to be feeling very proud. You're kind of pumped up chest. You got you got a lot of things going on that are really really doing well with the pro with the uh, series. Well, I am, Jerry. You know, and thank you very much, and, and thank you for being so positive about the series as well. You know, I've, I've had this dream of doing something like this, a form of motorsports entertainment that that would fill a void uh, for the fans. That I felt like racing is very competitive, and and uh, a lot of the other racing series have their hands tied from the entertainment side because they're legitimate racing uh, competitions, you know, the boards with championships and sponsors and, and big money. And it's about competition, you know, with us, uh, we, we can take a little bit more of a lighthearted deal and work around entertainment. And it's really kind of a gift from us to the fans that, that where you get to see these, these amazing superstar drivers from, from different worlds along with mixed in, you know, some, uh, some grassroots all-stars that, 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 really just put on a show to entertain um, the fans. And we, I believe, may be the only series that has legitimately tied the top echelons of racing from Formula One to NASCAR to IndyCar to Trans Am all the way down through the grassroots. And we're performing right at the grassroots stadium, and we're inviting some of their people. You know, last week at uh, at Eldora, you know, Keith Coons, who was a fantastic crew chief, joined our celebrity crew chiefs, Jeff Hammond, Mike Beam, and Todd Parrott. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and did a great job. He, he did a great job, you know, and obviously Cody Swanson, uh, our USAC champion about, about beat Tony Stewart. So, you know, tying that, that in and reaching out to all forms of, uh, of motorsports to me, it, it, it's, uh, you know, it, it makes me feel really good. You know, I don't, I can't sit here and say my chest is pumped out as much as I, I'll tell you, it makes me feel humble, mm-hmm. um, the support that we've gotten from our superstars and, uh, you know, sponsors and people like that alike that that just enjoy the show. Right. I've got to ask you, you know, we've talked a little bit about it in the past, but how long ago, how, you know, when did the original idea germinate? I mean, obviously, I know you had your history dates back to the original IRAC series, but when did you come up with the idea for the SRX? How did you get guys like Tony Stewart, George Pine and others to, uh, you know, to, to buy into the product, you know, buy into the idea as well? When, when did this whole kind of thing, is, you know, start germinating, if you will? Well, you know, obviously, IROC was very important to me, and I always loved it. I loved it, and I knew the fans loved it, and, and it was good TV. And as the racing world changed, you know, a lot of stuff happened that, that couldn't make it. You know, it wasn't good for, for IROC anymore. And I thought, man, what 
how could we do that for the 21st century and not have driver schedule conflicts and sponsor conflicts and TV conflicts? Because as you know, as anything evolves, it gets bigger, and and you know the the conflicts are were kind of what what drove IROC out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, George Pine and I, since his NASCAR days, we've remained friends. I've done some things for him an outside consulting basis when he was at IMG and then when he went off on his own he's like man we gotta do something we gotta do something you know, he kept talking about racing series racing series I said look the fans don't want another racing series they want to be entertained mm-hmm. you know, they, 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 they want short races they want to see their stars you know we need to create a battle of the uh, the old battle of the network superstars and, and you know sports superstars and, and stuff like that and that, then we just started to you know, really morph the original era deal into what SRX is, and and we continue to change SRX every week based mm-hmm. on, but based on fan uh, input. So you know, it, it's an idea that we were talking about for a long time. And one day, George says, "Hey, let me run this idea by Sandy Montag. He he's a good friend of mine, and he knows a lot about TV. You find out if he thinks the idea is good. So we we ran it past Sandy Montag, and Sandy said, "You know, that's a really good idea, guys. Let's let's go over and see Sean McManus of of." of CBS television and run it by him to see if, see if he thinks it's a good idea. Well, we're, we're in a meeting with John McManus. I mean, you know, obviously chairman of CBS sports and, you know, it brings in, you know, the, the highest level of, of people. And we're sitting there and no, no presentation, no gag. Mm-hmm. And then he go, great. George says, great. Tell, tell them about your idea. I'm like, uh, <laughs> so I tell them the idea and Sean McManus looks at us and goes, wow, you know what? That's a good idea. Let's figure out how we can make that work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was about two years ago. So it took probably, you know, it, it took a good bit of time to get a lot of the stuff worked out. And then in July 4th of last year, just after just after the holiday, we announced that we were going to do it. So it would be about it'd be a year uh, uh, this coming weekend that we announced that we were going to do it. Um, I didn't start building cars really uh, uh, until January, February. You know, Tony Yuri and the group over at Fury have been a huge, huge help for us. And, and uh, my good friend, Terry Hitt, you know, at Advanced Composite Products, if he hadn't had been as advanced as he is in tooling and stuff like that, it would have been tough. But, and between those two companies, we, we, we kind of did the impossible. We built 16 complete race cars in three months plus did eight Wow. Wow. I mean, that, that's, that's a phenomenal timeline to, to get everything together. And I mean, you, you know, you mentioned the word humble and that was quite another question I was going to ask you. You have to feel very humble now at the fan response. I mean, you're getting great attendance at track, but you're also getting, you know, million plus viewers on CBS on Saturday nights on a live broadcast that has to be very humbling and rewarding as well too, I would imagine. Well, it is. It just lets me know that it is for them and it's growing. I think that when the numbers come out today, you'll see that this was our best and biggest show oh. at Aldora. It mm-hmm. continued to grow during telecast, um, you know, approaching 1.5 million fans uh, overall this week. And, uh, you know, there were 10,000 plus there at, uh, at Aldora. And, and again, it, 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 we're trying to give them something they like and they'll res- they're responding by telling us they like it. And, you know, we're making the changes based on what they want to see. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm going to tell you, I think Saturday night, they got a great show. 
You know, they, they, they had a hometown hero almost win. They were on the dirt. The cars were four and five wide. We've got a lot of fiberglass. Just so, uh, we've got, you know, we're, we're going to be straightening stouts and, 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 and replacing frame rails and stuff here in the uh, infield at, at IRP. And I told somebody, gosh, it's been 30 years since I've, I've done stuff like that. Um, you know, and so, so the fans, they've got young heroes they've got their their old heroes there there's underdogs to cheer for now we got a bad guy paul tracy's the black hat i'm gonna give him a black cowboy hat this week also i'm gonna send him with a bunch of fiberglass home in his his rent a car because i'm gonna tell him paul you have you you, between yourself you have wrecked everything that we have at least twice (laughs) but the fans you know the fans love him you know he gets it he runs hard um you know so it's uh and we've we've got these guys are having fun but they're a little ticked at one another. You, you know what I mean? They're very competitive, and it just shows no matter how old they are, whether they're running full schedule or not, they drive hard and they're competitive. So, you know, we're um, we're really, you know, to, to me, to watch the fun that those guys are having together and practice and stuff like that, it's amazing. And, and I will tell you something else. It, the other night I had to say to myself, wow, like I'm amazed that that guy's picked this up that fast. Like Ilya Kachinev was on the dirt. And I, I was like, Oh, wait a minute. This is superstar racing. He's a four-time Indy winner. Of course he's going to pick it up fast. You cannot, you know, I keep saying you can't believe, but you should believe how talented these guys are. These race car drivers are incredibly talented adapting to different cars and different surfaces. Right. Well, you know, when you and George, Sandy, Tony, you know, have gotten together over the last couple of weeks, where we're at right now, we're halfway through the season. It's a six race season, six weekends in a row. Did you, all of you guys as a collective uh, group, did you anticipate the success so quickly, both, you know, at a track as well as on the TV, or were you kind of just didn't really know what to expect, if you will? We hope for it, right? Mm-hmm. But like everything else, you know, you, you come out with a new product that you think it's a good idea. You do everything that you can, but you've always got that, you know, Question, you know, certainly I'm scared to death every Saturday as I'm watching the stands fill up, right? Or, you know, I, I, I anxiously await for the, the ratings or look at the social media uh, of what's going on. So, you know, there, there's, I'm not so overly confident that we're like, oh, yeah, this is going to be just a, you know, a, a definite home run. You know, we still got to work hard like anything else. We've got to work hard to make sure that we are promoting the show, that CBS is promoting the show. There's a lot of people who still don't know about it. I just met a man this morning in Indianapolis and he said, what are you doing now? I said, well, and he said, what? Oh, wow. I'm sorry I missed it. So we've got to get the word out um, a little bit better and we we need some of our, our partners to help that out. I think that there's more and more fans, you know, every week. As I said, if we continue to come up um, in ratings, you know, it, it'll it'll at least stop me from having to go get a real job. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Well, you know, when we had an email exchange last week, you said something, and I, I don't have it right in front of me, but I'm paraphrasing. It was very poignant. You said that you essentially, you know, you've put your your own name, your your you know your financial backing, everything into this, and this is like one of the biggest challenges you've had in your career. At the same time, it's got to be very satisfying for you in particular to see the success come so quickly as well, too, I would imagine. It is, you know, but but you know me, Jerry, right? I'm the guy that they, when, when Jeff uh, Gordon and the Rainbow Warriors, Rick Hendrick and I won 13 races in uh, 98, mm-hmm. they said, you won 13 races? I said, yeah, I know, but we lost 20. <laughs> <laughs> right. so, right. so, you know, I, not that I'm a half-empty 
type guy, but you know, I, I know that you can't sit back and rest on your laurels. I've got to keep working to make the show better. I got to keep working to somehow make the cars better, make the drive. If I can keep working with the fan with a fantastic crew, and I have got a fantastic group of guys. This young group of guys are the, the guys, my SRX guys here are guys that I know that I could take and start a cup team and someday be competitive again. They remind me so much of, of many of the young guys I had on the on the 2014, you know, and, uh, you know, Ryan McKinney and Rick Wren, they call them my Batman and Robin, you know, they, they I don't know what I would do without those guys, but, right. you know, we've got to, we've got to keep working every week to make sure the racing's better, the drivers are happier and the fans are happier. And we keep promoting the show because we, as I said, it's, it's, um, even though it is very, very satisfying, I know that we've just scratched the surface. I think this thing, this thing has got a lot of room to grow. And, and I, I take that responsibility personally. You know, you said earlier about the fan, you know, how they uh, reacted to it and how important the fans' input is. You did something after the first race, uh, you know, that I think surprised a lot of people, but I mean that in a good way because you changed some of the format. You went from 15-minute to 15-minute heats to two 12-minute heats. You also shortened the main event from 100 laps to 50 laps, but it had to finish under green. So, you know, it, it, the fans are going to get their money's worth. But it impressed me, and I'm sure it impressed a lot of people, that you guys weren't afraid to make changes. You know, you didn't have to wait till after the season or beginning before the next season. You, you did it right away, and I think you, you've definitely created an even better show. It was already a great show to begin with, but now it's an even greater show. Talk to me a little bit about you know, how important that fan input is. And I know you're doing it every single race. You've done it all first three races. You've you know, talked to the fans, gotten their thoughts and that kind of thing. Tell me about their importance of the fan input to what, how you guys make your decisions. Well, you know, you have to watch, the, you know, there's trends, right? You can't say, you know, two or three people like, hey, you know, we, we want to put neon lights on top of the tar. Right? <laughs> right. I actually think that would be cool, but, you know, maybe next year. But um, the, uh, you just have to watch, you know, really say, okay, what, how big of a percentage of the fan base does this represent? And are those things legitimate things that we can fix? And in that instance, it was it. And the fans didn't ask for a lot. You know, mm. they said, hey, we want to be able to ID the cars better. Hey, we want to be able to know who's in what and keep it consistent. You know, and they were like, yeah, the heat races were kind of long. You know, feature was kind of long. And they wanted to see the fans, wanted to see more interviews with the driver. They wanted to see more personal stories about the driver like they did with Tony and Leah the other night mm -hmm. and, and you know Elio Castroneves and great stuff coming out on Willie Ribs this week you know and Ernie Francis you know last week so so the fans wanted to see more of that stuff and that's what we want we want to answer we, we want to make sure that fans get connected to the drivers that they get to see inside their personal lives mm -hmm. and so CBS listened uh, on that um Actually, you know, we realize that the show's going to have to be pretty fluid because it's just tough. Different surfaces, different size tracks. We're actually going to add some laps back in on the pavement this week at NRB, uh, so that should be coming out soon. I'm still, I'm still up, up in the air. It's kind of funny, you know. It, it's I'm really open and honest with the, with with the fans. Mm -hmm. Like some of those, some of those caution flags we throw are just we call them the green flag limit, and it's whatever I feel like. I'm not going to have cars strung out. Mm -hmm. The drivers don't want to run strung out. They want to run side by side. They, the fans want them to run side by side. And again, it's not about winning championships. It's not about, it's not even really about winning races. It's about 
entertaining fans. And what entertains the fans, if the cars get spread out, it's my job to close them back up. And even the drivers agree with that. Like, if somebody, these cars are so equal that if somebody makes a mistake, it's hard to make it up, you know. So, I'm like, hey, let, let's, let's, let's throw the race flag or whatever heck you want to call it. You know, it's the it, race flag. It, I like it, that. It, it, it's about, it's, it's, it's about entertaining the fans, seeing incredible drivers do unbelievable things, you know, side by side. And, and, as we go, so so we're you know they said hey I said you know last week the show was getting pretty quick, you know uh, you know there's certain reasons we can't extend there or do that but you know this week I feel really good about stuff and, mm -hmm. and the, the the lap times that we're running at at IRP let's add a little bit of feature time back in it and I'm um so I may do something this week like you know the the first X amount of laps. You know, you know, we're looking at honestly in, in that 70 lap range, not mm -hmm. locked in yet, but in that 70 lap range, but the last 20 have to be run under green. You know, so I, I want to make sure that whatever I do, it, it, it works for the fans and they understand it. Right. Exactly. By the way, I know what we've done this other interviews in the past and I, you probably hear it already. My old English bulldog, he decided to come visit me. He's laying next to me. He's snoring away. So if you're hearing snoring, it's not me. It's him. We, we've been through this before. So but I thought hey. it was Debbie. <laughs> Okay. Now, now, hey, now I'm on, I'm on mute and behaving myself over exactly, here. That's right. She's on mute and behaving herself. That's right. Exactly. All right. A couple more questions, Ray. Um, you know, obviously we're halfway through the first season. The time is just flowing by. You've got three more races to go. You've got, uh, you know, a lot of competition. You've got, you know, you got coming up at IRP this weekend. You've got Slinger in Wisconsin next weekend, and then the the season wraps up in in uh, Nashville in a couple of weeks. Um. Have you already started thinking about 2022? Have you thought about maybe expanding the schedule, maybe trying some different tracks? I mean, where are you at in terms of, you know, I know you want, you're, you're focused on this season to make it as much of a success as possible, but obviously I got to think you're already thinking ahead to 2022 as well. Yeah. I, I don't want more races. I think six races is perfect for us. Okay. We want to make sure that we stay in, in our lane to where we can help, um, send viewers to nascar to indycar to trans am even the drag racing formula mm -hmm. one mm -hmm. you know that's our goal right we, we want to be a good support um and and help drive new eyeballs on the sport so i think six races is plenty for us um you know again ultimately i've got partners uh that that, that will have a vote in that as well uh but uh, you know track wise i really want to do road courses you know mm -hmm. um, so my ideal SRX series would be two dirt ovals, two paved ovals, and two road kits. I like that. I like that. You know, we, we're, we're maybe maybe we do a three course. You know, so that would be my ideal situation. Um, let me tell you, Jerry, six weeks in a row is hard. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard on my guys. Um, it, it, it's hard. So uh, originally we spreading the races apart, but you know, CBS being a great partner, this is um, something that was important to them mm -hmm. to, to have their series so you know when i look at uh when i look at next year uh, you know my ideal world two paved ovals two dirt ovals two road race tracks and more fair cars <laughs> exactly right right well well i mean you know when you mentioned about having like uh road course races and that kind of thing have you developed any kind of a uh a semblance of tracks you may want to go to in 2022 i mean obviously the tracks you've already been to and the tracks you're still going to go to in these last three races have been great partners but i mean have you thought about 
well, yeah, I'd like to try this track, or I'd like to try maybe, you know, in conjunction with a, an IndyCar race, maybe a road course race or a street race or something like that. I mean, have you already thought about certain locales or tracks that, that you'd like to see the series go to next year? Well, you know, again, th this is just me, right? You know, I've been on the road, you know, I drive my own bus, I'm on the road and doing the thing. So I ride down the road, probably daydreaming more than I should. I just pay attention. I pay attention. Right? Pay attention. But, but, um, you know, we're, uh, I thought Eldora was a great, great race. So I, I, I definitely want to go back there. And obviously it's, it's Tony's track. So I thought Eldora was great. Mm -hmm. We're kind of open to the ovals. I like some stuff on the East Coast. I think, you know, the, the, the Northeast fans, the, the, the people up there in the Boston, New York area love the show and they supported us. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so we're going to go to places where the fans support us. Um, but we, we are going to strive to move around. And, and honestly, I've thought about, wow, it'd be great to maybe do a street course in conjunction with IndyCar or, or maybe do something um, in conjunction with NASCAR, right, in, in Charlotte, you know, maybe it's a dirt track there. Mm -hmm. You know, there, there's lots of, there, again, there's, there's, there's lots of options for us. But I think it's important that we do move around the country. Right. Um, you know, one of our goals is, is to bring our performers, you know, our, our guys to the home track, the grassroots, the, there, there's so many historic racetracks still running in America mm -hmm. that, you know, many of our stars that we know have come grown from those places to the stars they are. So to take stars back to that, uh, it's important. So finding that mix um, of the tracks that are really racy because we like our cars running two and three wide and a place that we can fill up with uh, with fans that, that has certainly, you know, some, some historical reason because CBS has been doing a great job. I mean, I know you've been watching mm -hmm. every, right. everywhere we go, they tell a little story about the racetrack, which is important. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it's, uh, you know, they've done a great job doing that. And we are introducing fans who may not know what goes on on Saturday nights on short tracks and whatever. And maybe they're going, you know, the people at Knoxville called us at, at the museum there, the sprint car hall of fame and mm -hmm. museum, Probably 75% of the people that went through there on the weekend that we were there were first-time race fans that didn't know a lot about sprint car racing. And that mm. made me feel really good because some of those people are going to come back to Knoxville Raceway. That's a very good point. You're right. Exactly. Well, I mean, you know, the, the, the shows you've run so far, you know, at number one, I mean, just from my perspective as a, as a broadcaster, a reporter, and a viewer – I mean, I love the drones. I mean, you've taken that to a next level in terms of in the way I look at it. I mean, the drone guy, when you, you know, with TV or CBS using the drones, that has brought so much more to the enjoyment of the, the telecast. But at the same time, you know, the, the fans are really feel such a part of, the, of the, the show. You know, the prices are very affordable for families. The entertainment value is off the charts, in, in my opinion. And, you know, that you, you're really doing it very well. So I, I have to commend you. And I'm not just saying that we've known each other for a long time. I mean, I have to commend you for, you know, putting this thing together. I mean, you said it took about two years to do it. But I mean, the, the fruits of your labor are definitely bearing out uh, right now. And we've got three more races to go. So I'm definitely excited about that. But before I let you go, Ray, I wanted to talk to you about something else. Somebody, some, somebody and something that's very near and dear to your heart. Obviously, Jeff Gordon and Hendrick Motorsports. Uh, last week, Jeff uh, was announced by Hendrick Motorsports is coming. It's going back to the organization as a vice chairman. That to me is huge. And you know, Jeff as an administrator, to me, 
when Rick decides to, you know, retire or what have you, Jeff to me is the perfect guy to fill that void and take Hendrick Motorsports not only continue on his legacy but take it to you know further heights. Tell me about your thoughts about Jeff. You know, leaving the broadcast booth, he was an excellent broadcaster, no question about it. Just like he was an excellent driver, but now he's got a new challenge. Tell me about your thoughts about him taking that challenge and what's he going to face in that challenge. Uh, absolutely. But before I go that, when you said about the drones, mm-hmm. right, I just wanted to make one one quick comment about that. Sure. So the drones, those drones can go faster than our cars, especially through the corner. Mm-hmm. And at Stafford, I forgot to tell the drivers about them. <laughs> so I'll tell you sometime about the conversation I had with Tony Kanan when the drone passed him in the corner. <laughs> He didn't know what it was. He thought so. He thought for sure he had seen a UFO, and it was it, it was quite it was quite funny. So, oh, that that is that is a, well, yeah. you know. And so the, I just, the, honestly, I forgot to tell him. Hey, these things are going to be flying alongside of you at speed, and uh, and it, so it, it definitely got his attention. So he was he was quite alarmed for a quick second. Well, you know, there um, there you go, Ray. There's a perfect three race. Um, uh, an intro race, if you will, a second race. You can have drone races before the main event. I don't know, but those things are fast. You know? <laughs> and the CBS guys, they, they, you know, we, we've got we've got some drone pilots that could easily be a Red Bull uh, Red Bull athlete. But um, <laughs> I, you know, I'm glad you asked me about the, the, the Jeff Gordon thing because when that was announced, um, and I didn't know, I did not know it was coming soon. Mm-hmm. Um, talking to Jeff and, and Derek, uh, uh, but I can't think of a better scenario for Hendrick Motorsports than that. Mm-hmm. And I am so, so happy um, that that Jeff looked at his career. He had fun doing TV. He did great. He was yep. fantastic in it. But his, you know, like I told him, th- this is where he, his life is supposed to be. You know, he has been such a huge part of Hendrick Motorsports. He's been like a son to Rick Hendrick. Mm-hmm. And for Rick Hendrick to make Jeff the highest, um, you know, powered member of, of, of Motorsports and not be a member of the Hendrick family, it just goes, says tons about how much trust he has in Jeff and respect. And, you know, I've told people for years, you know, Jeff Gordon's a great race driver. And, 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 but great race drivers, it's not all about being brave, it's about being smart. Mm-hmm. Jeff Gordon is smart. Um, he is a very good leader, a very good leader. Uh, and he has a good measure. He's always had a very high racing IQ. So, you know, I don't think there could be a better person uh, to lead the team over there. And he's got some good people, you know, with him, you know, Marshall Carlson and, and people, you, you know, he's got a ton of great people over there, Pat Perkins, mm-hmm. um, to help him. But Jeff being the face and uh, and and sitting at the at the right hand of Mr. Hendrick, I think is is fantastic. And you know, he he is going to do really well at this. And Jeff Gordon being in charge, um, eventually, you know, the, over there at Hendrick Motorsports is going to help NASCAR. And and uh, it, it's I feel 
I feel really good. I, if, I, if I was, Jerry, if I was 20 years younger, I'd be over there asking for a job. That's how much I'm going to get. <laughs> right. But I'm not. <laughs> right. Well, you got your hands full with a little thing called SRX, obviously. But, but you know. Yeah, you, we you, do that part time on the weekend. That's, right. that's right. But, you know, you raise a really good point, Ray. And, you know, it kind of been here in conclusion. I mean, Jeff is the kind of guy all through his career. And I'm not just saying this, you know, I've been around him for years. You've been around him, obviously, probably as close to him as anybody uh, in this world. Um, not just as a great talent behind the wheel or in front of a microphone, but the thing that's always struck me about Jeff is he's very much of an idea guy. He's very much, to me, he's kind of like a Renaissance guy. I mean, you know, fans think, okay, he's just a race car driver that, you know, he, he, he just does things by the seat of his pants. No, on the contrary, the guy thinks things out. He's very methodical. He's very measured. You know, he, he, when he says something, it's kind of like the old American express commercial. Don't leave home without it. You don't want to leave home without Jeff Gordon's, you know, uh, input or ideas and that kind of thing. And I think that, you know, if and when Rick decides to, you know, turn the keys over to Jeff, you know, on, on, permanently, Jeff's going to bring a lot of, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of ideas, not only to the team and the organization, but also to NASCAR as well. It's going to take NASCAR to a whole other level, you know, for, with Jeff's input, I feel. I do too. You know, and Jeff's a good advisor. You know, he's got a good measure of things. He thinks, you know, differently. But as I said, he's, you know, I've spent a good part of my life, um, around the guy you know we've, we've been together over 30 years um and seen him grow from a kid to the person that he is now but he has always been very very smart a lot of that you know that thought process a lot of it comes from his stepdad john bickford who i think is one of the smartest people i've ever worked with so mm -hmm. you know i was you know a little bit sad because you know hey you know love seeing jeff on tv but mm -hmm. you know i could not be more or when I saw that they that they were doing that, and the fact that he was going to step aside from TV to put sole focus on uh, on Hendrick Motorsports, you know, and, and take care of and making sure that the people over there, the thing keeps going, you know, it, because let's face it, it takes a strong personality. Mr. Hendrick, what he's done over the years, it's incredible. Like that, it's an incredible story. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. I, you know, he he has he you know his journey, people assume it's easy because he's had a lot of money. Well, he didn't always have a lot of money. Right. And he was trying to grow another business, but he has always made that race team a priority. And he has more importantly, always made the people who work for that race team a priority. And I know that Jeff will do the same thing. So I'm, I'm really happy, Jerry, that they made that decision. I've got to ask you this. I would be remiss if I didn't. So is there any chance we might be able to see Ray Evernham and Jeff Gordon reunited at SRX? Maybe have Jeff behind the wheel? I would love to have Jeff. I would love to have Jeff, but he keeps taking these jobs just like me. So I don't know where he's going to find the time, but, but he, he knows he can come play with a car uh, anytime. I think, um, I think that, but that probably uh, other than messing around in, in uh, a little midget over at, at IRP, you know, I'm trying to get him to come and drive the ghost, the car I built for, for right. road racing. I'm trying to get him to do that. So I don't know. He's got, he knows he's got an open invitation to SRX, even if he just wants to come and play with, with one. But, uh, you know, like me, I don't, I just don't know how much time he's going to have to be, or he's going to be able to spend on his own and his own playing. <laughs> exactly. Right. Right. Well, Ray, thank you ever so much for joining us here on the racing beat. I can't thank you enough. I mean, you know, I really, really am impressed with how the SRX has really grabbed a hold of the, you know, the motorsports fans attention, their interest, their excitement. And I see this thing just continuing to build and continuing 
continuing to grow. And, you know, maybe somewhere along the way, maybe I might want to hop into one of those cars, but I will definitely be seeing you in person at Slinger. I'm looking forward to going to Slinger in a couple of weeks. And that's only about a two hour drive from home here in Chicago. And uh, I am, you know, I'm as blown away as I've been watching the races on TV. I know I'm going to be even more blown away watching it in person. So look forward to catching up with you there in person. And thank you again ever so much for joining us here on the Racing Beat. And we'll be talking to you soon then, okay? All right, Jerry. Thank you. Love to have you every time. Anytime. Um, we, we're going to build a two seater for next year, so I would prefer you let Schrader or Stremmy take you for a ride. Uh, Schrader, yes. Stremmy. Stremmy's a little bit more of a wild man, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take them on the offers. So I'll just make sure my life insurance is paid up just in case, you know. So, but well, Ray, listen. Thanks again ever so much, and continue success. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks up in Slinger. Then, okay. Thank you, Jerry. Okay. Take care, Ray. That's Ray Evernham, a great, great interview, and uh, obviously NASCAR Hall of Famer, and the man with some of the greatest credentials there are in motorsports as a whole. Uh, if you haven't checked out the Superstar, the Camping World Superstar Racing Experience, you definitely want to do so every Saturday night on CBS Live for the next three more weeks. There'll be a six-race season. We've, we're three races in, three more races to go. They're, um, they're going to be racing this weekend at Indianapolis Raceway Park, a legendary short track there. Then they go to Slinger Speedway in Wisconsin, not just right outside of Milwaukee, next weekend, next Saturday. And then the final race will be in Nashville in two weeks. And, you know, I'll tell you, this is just going to be a great race race. We're going to be back with a few more thoughts right after this here on The Racing Beat. Once again, I can't thank Ray Evernham enough for being part of our return to the airwaves here on The Racing Beat. As I mentioned to you in the beginning of the show, we've been kind of uh, a little bit MIA over the last several weeks because of some health issues I had. Everything's fine. I'm, I'm okay. Um, just dealing with a few things, but I'm going to be all right and got a lot of emails and phone calls from folks wondering how I'm doing and I'm doing okay. So I uh, just want to let you know that, again, great interview with Ray Evernham. I definitely encourage you, if you haven't watched it yet, check out this Saturday. It's, uh, I believe it's 8 o'clock Eastern on CBS National Network TV, the live race at Indianapolis Raceway Park of the Camping World Superstar Racing Experience. You're really going to enjoy it. And then next week, we're going. Uh, the series goes to Slinger Speedway in uh, uh, Slinger, well, in suburban Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And then two weeks from now, this SRX wraps up the season in Nashville. One other thing, too, I wanted to mention is we are going to be resuming the weekly uh, versions of the podcast here on the Racing Beat. And some of the guests we have planned: Max Pappas, Kyle Larson. And we've got maybe a few other surprises I think you're going to really be um, very impressed about. So again, thanks ever so much for listening. Thanks for being loyal listeners to the Racing Beat Podcast. And we'll check you out again next week right here on the Racing Beat. Have a good 4th of July, everyone, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. 
Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.